day doers, before I jump into this episode, I have to let you know about something huge I've been working on since late 2018. Yes, it's been a long time in the making. I have put together a course for Do A Day, and I think now is the time for it because we're all in the midst of something. We're going to get into this in this episode, but something that drives our need to separate from the loss or the pain of yesterday and all the what-ifs that are piling on us about tomorrow, the uncertainty we all face. And Do A Day is exactly about that. It's what this thing was made for. This course will help you dig deeper into Do A Day for yourself. It's a mix of videos that are put together on some of the core ideas of Do A Day and some deep thinking exercises for yourself. It's not a hard thing to engage in, but it's powerful and it's valuable. And right now, it's more important than ever. Because I think this is so important right now, and I want as many people to get a hold of this content and this knowledge and growth for themselves right now, because I think it's really timely, and in celebration of, look, it's a milestone hitting 100 episodes. For a limited time, I'm going to make the course available for just $47 instead of its regular price of $897. Now, through the end of June, it's a really long time but it's also not forever. And then it's going to go up. So if you can jump on right now to brianfalchuk.com slash courses, when you select the course and go to checkout, you'll see something at the top that says have a coupon code, enter it here. Just enter the word episode 100, all one word with the numbers 100, and you will save $850 off the price of the course. Get it for just $47. You can get into the do a day course Do it at your own pace, take all the insights in, learn, grow, but most importantly, build the tools for your resilience. I'm so excited for you guys to check this out. Just head to brianfalchuk.com slash courses and enter the code episode 100 at checkout. Okay, back to the regularly scheduled programming. Do a day, episode 100. We don't recognize our victories because we think that, you know, I just got through it. You know, I interviewed my mom a couple of years ago. And one of the first things I asked her is like, mom, how did you get five kids with no money through all the stuff that we had to go through? Yeah. And she goes, oh, it's no big deal. It's a humongous deal. Yeah. Like the less than one percent could probably do. Yeah. But it's like some of, we don't realize like if you've been through something before, you can go to the next thing and the next thing, and the next thing. That should either build your shield, like make your armor stronger, yeah. or crack it, right? Like when you go, oh my God, another thing. Oh my God, another yeah. thing. I think one of the great questions we can ask of each other is, hey, share a time where you went through a big challenge. How'd you get through it? To, to Cornell's point, like we tend to forget about these moments. So as as we're showing up in support virtually with each other, we can ask that question. Like, let's share some experiences where we had, like we were facing an uphill climb and we got through it. Like what happened? Mm. And what can we use from those moments today? And I think, you know, as we think about how this is going to impact people, this is certainly going to impact folks in a disproportional way. And one of the things that I think is going to happen is that the divide that we have, like uh, from a social economic perspective, there's every opportunity for this to make the divide even greater because it's going to impact, you know, those that work in restaurants and service and um, barely minimum wage and those folks that, you know, help you out at your house or what have you. Is it that we can have hopefully a societal conversation around the need for personal accountability as well as community accountability. We, we need both. Yeah. Like we, we need to be able to support each other. And maybe this just shines a different light on a problem that we've been facing for a number of years now. But maybe it's just a, a different type of perspective that changes the dialogue. So it's a better conversation. That is the amazing and inspiring Michael O'Brien and Cornell Thomas. And I'm Brian Falchuk for the 100th episode of Do A Day. This is Do A Day. You'll hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know we can all overcome and achieve because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. 
go out and do it. Hey, day doers, how is everybody doing? Are you safe? Are you healthy? Look, we as a world, as a planet, are going through something unprecedented. Certainly for everyone who's alive right now, you've not faced something like this. This is a global issue. This is not about one race, one religion, one country, one people. It's about everybody. And it was only fitting for the 100th episode of the Do A Day podcast that we address this head on, not by talking about the virus, not by talking about the way our lives are so different and the pain associated with that, but thinking about the opportunity, thinking about the positivity and the choice that we have to come forth from this better. It doesn't mean it's not hard. It doesn't mean that it isn't something that will change lives negatively for a lot of people. It doesn't mean that we aren't going to lose people that we care very deeply about. It's not to diminish anything real going on right now, but to recognize we still have opportunity to rise up as a world, as an entire planet of people. And who better to bring into that conversation than two of my past guests who have become such important sources of inspiration and connection for me, Cornell Thomas and Michael O'Brien, who joined us for episode 41 and episode 62, respectively. You have to go back and listen to them. These are two ultra-inspiring people who are so spot-on about values, about positivity, about realness, and about the choice we all have to come back from, as Michael calls it, our last bad day. It doesn't get to be your last bad day if you don't come, not back really, but forward to a new and better place. They both have backstories that made them perfect fits for this show because of how they rose from those backstories. But it also makes them a perfect fit to talk about what we're facing right now. And the idea of Do A Day is so appropriate and spot on for what we're facing because we don't know what tomorrow looks like. And there's a lot of scary stuff around us. There's a lot of very negative talk going on right now that can make the idea of tomorrow unbelievably hard. And maybe we've lost something in the yesterdays that we long for, that we heard about. Do A Day is to come forward from yesterday not holding on to that pain, learning from it, but not keeping it alive right now, and not going into tomorrow and giving up our chance for better today. Michael, Cornell, and I get into all of these themes in what I think is a very uplifting and inspiring discussion that hopefully helps everybody. And I can't think of a better way to recognize and celebrate the 100th episode of this show than having this conversation. I do need to call out a third guest who was supposed to be on, who was sort of the genesis for this whole thing, and that's Claude Silver. Claude was on really early on. I think it was episode 10. She is an unbelievably inspiring, passionate, and compassionate human being. She leads with heart. And it was in talking to her that I got the inspiration to pull a few people together to have this convo. And it was Claude, it was Michael, and it was Cornell. And unfortunately, Claude got pulled away with something in her work to support the people in her company. So she wasn't able to join us, but she's there in spirit. The three of us all know her and care about her very much. And we're all inspired by her message. So we were definitely feeling Claude, not in the room, because we're not all together, but in the Zoom room, at least. And I think you are going to feel the heart in this conversation as well. Let's jump in with Cornell Thomas, Michael O'Brien, and myself for episode 100 of the Do A Day podcast. Hey, day doers, welcome to a very special episode. This is number 100. This is one of those milestones that I hope I look back on and be like, oh, was that all? Just 100? Now we're 10,000 or whatever, and, and I'm 93 years old and still chugging. We'll see what happens. But I thought this was a time to do a very different kind of episode, not my usual weekly interviews, which are amazing and inspiring, and I love doing them. But I wanted to honor 100 a little bit differently. And so in talking to someone who's not with us today, the amazing Claude Silver, who was on the show really early on, she joined me for episode 10, to share her story for the first time ever, which was a pretty impactful conversation. She's all about heart. And we're recording this in the early days of kind of the whole country, the whole world shutting down due to the coronavirus. And 
I thought, what a better conversation point than to talk about heart. And as much as I love Claude and wanted to jam out with her on the subject, I wanted to bring other people in. And unfortunately, Claude can't join us because she is actually dealing with uh, a coronavirus-related issue. And instead, we have the amazing Michael O'Brien and Cornell Thomas, who were both also on the show, show. Cornell was number 41, and Michael joined us for episode 62. So I will link to those. Go back and listen, because they're both amazing stories of amazing human beings. But also because these are guys who have gotten to know and watch and learn and grow from. And this is what I want to talk about, just some of this message, because I think we all need that. We need compassion, we need understanding, we need connection, a bit of inspiration, things to bring into our day to remind us that we will get through this and we are strong and we can support each other and grow and thrive despite anything that we face. And these are two guys who have stories that absolutely speak to that, but have values that do too. So I'm really honored and excited to have them both back on the show and at the same time. And I didn't even know that they've never met before because all of us know each other. We all know Claude. I just assumed that they knew each other, but here we go live. Uh, It's the Michael O'Brien effect that I'm always referencing in other episodes, only I'm Michael O'Brien now, which is very exciting. So hey guys, welcome to the show. Hey, Ryan. Um, Cornell, hey, hey, Michael. Cornell, give us give us a little brief who you are and and what you're about, and uh, and then Michael will kick it to you for the same. And then I want to jump into this this bigger topic. Um, super quick, uh, author. I, I don't like to use the term motivational speaker, so I say professional conversationalist. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I just want to have conversations with people. Uh, I do workshops, etc. But really, I'm about what I speak about mainly is mindset and under that umbrella, that's a big umbrella. Mm. And under that is just every, you know, overcoming adversity, positivity, you know, all sorts of things. So uh, I would say if it's one topic matter that I cover, it's it's just mindset and, and uh, how to callous the mind and become stronger through the problems that we've endured growing up, which is right on theme to what we're doing today. Yeah. And, uh, and you didn't mention it, but you're also the, the founder of the Positivity Summit. And I'm so glad you got to get the last one off before all this happened and people yeah. couldn't attend. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's funny. You just said something before we started. Well, while we were recording, you were saying something about like some of the events that you've, you know, that you're speaking of at that you're going. Uh, I'm supposed to be in Dubai in four days, which obviously is not happening. Yeah. And I just look at it, man. Like I was raised on everything happens for a reason. And yeah. I was supposed to have another one in April. So, and mm. I postponed it for whatever reason before this all happened. I already postponed it. Oh, and, wow. You know, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. You, I mean, your story 100% is that theme. Through. So this is old hat for you. You're used to that. Um, yeah. So yeah, you definitely people should be going back episode 41 and listening to it because um, you didn't start off as a not a motivational speaker. We won't say that. Yeah. You had a, a very different professional basketball path in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, through a lot of hard work and then it was gone seemingly overnight, but that didn't stop you. Yeah. Um, another person who was not stopped, Michael O'Brien. Welcome back, man. Thanks, Bri. So congrats on a hundred and thanks for connecting Cornell and I together. So we're two Jersey guys. Yeah. So for Jersey. Jersey's in the house. So <laughs> I'm outnumbered. Cool. I'm going to have to bring on my Boston accent just to get tough. Yeah, we, won't, we won't tease you that much. So, because I know you might be like in a little bit of misery that Tom Brady has announced that he's, he's leaving I, your Patriots. So, uh, Michael, I'm losing a, you. It might be the Zoom. So, you know, it's really yeah, overloaded we, these days. Do we, do we have a clear connection? I'm not sure. So, so uh, but I can help because the stuff I do professionally, I like to say that I prevent bad moments from turning into a bad day. Yeah. And so I do that through my coaching. And I love what Cornell said, just around being a conversationalist, like connecting with people and got my books and all that good stuff like that. But certainly we're, where we are now as a, as a planet, Yeah. forget about just our country. It's, it's a bad moment. But yeah. as you mentioned earlier and you write about, in your book, the 50, 75, 100 solution, like this too shall pass, right? Everything is impermanent. And, yeah. and I think it's a beautiful opportunity, although there, there's definitely pain and suffering and, you know, we've lost folks because of all this. Yeah. There is, there's some lemonade to be made out of these lemons. And, and I, I choose to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, 
I also acknowledge the the pain. I think we can have two thoughts in our head at the same time, and and I think we can come out of this a lot stronger as as human beings, one to each other, and we can look back and really be proud about how we showed up in this moment. Yeah. I mean, look, this is why I think you guys are, are such brilliant people to talk about this because your experiences are quite extreme. I mean, Michael, you know, y- your whole last bad day, um, a war cry is the wrong word because it's really like negative, but it's like a rally, a power, you know, a, a powerful thought. Um, I think that that's, that's been a front and center thing for me. I know you've been posting a lot about the, the lemonade, you know, lemons to lemonade view. Um, but I do find myself coming back to your notion of my last bad day. And, and for those who haven't heard your episode for a guy who, um, I, I don't, I, you talk about this a lot, so I hope I'm not putting you back in the moment, but survived a head on collision with an SUV while on your bike, um, that people don't survive and you not only lived, but you're walking, biking, biking a lot in, um, some really cool on-brand cycling gear, I will add. Um, and talking about it and inspiring people with that. These are the two of you are people who have lived through some of these, you know, kind of, wow, my life is over type moments. And yet it's not at all. And I think that's the feeling a lot of us have is the extreme sense of what it is. Um, the uncertainty about when it will end. I think that's been one of the hardest things for a lot of people. And for me, that's where the anxiety trigger comes in. It's like, well, you know, well, what about this and what about that? And um, how do you make it through when you're looking at, you know, what if we can't, I mean, the, the whole toilet paper thing right now, well, there's going to be toilet paper again, but what if there isn't? And that, you know, we start spiraling and it's totally understandable. And there are people suffering and, you know, there are people who can't make a living right now and don't have the reserves to support their friends. I mean, this is very real stuff. It's not just like, oh, the power's out and we can't watch the show we want. It's real. Um, and it's very easy to slip into that sense that this is the worst thing and we can't recover from it. And I, you know, the two of you are examples of recovering from the so, so-called worst moments. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's kind of where I wanted to start to dig in is, is just have you guys jam on this idea that we can pull back together and how do we get through this? Yeah. Michael said something that I thought like was brilliant. He said, we're allowed to have two thoughts in our head, right? And I think when we get in a moment of crises, people only think it's one or the other. So if you are positive and you are making lemonade, oh, well, you don't have empathy towards what's happening with other everybody else, right? Yeah. So it's like, no, that's not the case at all. But when something like this happens, you, you literally only have two choices. You could either make lemonade or just say the world's over, there's nothing I can do and quit. So just hearing that little brief chunk of Michael's story, he had a choice when that accident happened. He could say, okay, well, this is it. Never going to recover. Never going to get on a bike again. Never want to get on a bike again. Or he can say, even though this is going to be a painful process, how do I get back to where I was? And that's what makes him special. Now, the difference is like, in, like we can be Michael O'Brien mentally, right? If you again, work on this because this is your strongest muscle, right? People look, listen to Michael's story and they say, there's no way I could be Michael O'Brien. How can I possibly believe this guy is superhuman? He has a superhuman mindset, but he's still human. Just like myself, I'm like, I might have a superhuman mindset, but it doesn't mean that I don't struggle. It doesn't mean when this happened, I was like, it's okay. Like, yeah. let's go, you know, go paint pictures and there's butterflies and rainbows. I was like, oh no, this sucks. Like, I'm not going to Dubai next week. Like I'm, Three speaking engagements have been canceled. That's money in my family's mouth. Yeah. But what's the alternative? Like, yeah. what am I going to I can't fetal up and say, I can't do anything. You have yeah. to pivot and figure out, like, what's next. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Michael, I see you nodding. Yeah, I know. I just I love what Cornell said because it gets to this power of choice that we have. And I know for me, and to, to also to Cornell's point, like, when we talk about, when I talk about last bad day, it's not unicorns and rainbows and an endless supply of Skittles. Like we have bad moments. We are living through a bad moment. And one could argue, man, it's stretched in multiple bad days. If that's one perspective, that's just not my perspective. But for me, coming out of it, because like we got, you know, for Cornell and I, we got no advance warning that this was coming in our lives. Yeah. 
And so there was no memo. There was no change management program at work. It was just, it just happened just like this. And a lot of the emotions that I know many people feel, and Brian, you mentioned uncertainty. I felt a lot of that uncertainty too. Like, who was I going to become? If I couldn't be the guy who I once was prior to that impact, yeah. who am I going to become? And the, the picture that was painted by the experts, which is now being painted by a lot of the experts, and there are all these different paintings being painted, yeah. it, it does leave people with a lot of uncertainty, like how long will this last? What's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my identity? Because my identity is I'm a provider for family and my job's tied into that. And, yeah. and in order for me to take action and make this pivot or make the shift, I had to first get comfortable with acceptance. And it's not in terms of like, tolerating stuff it's more about hey it's like this you know what hey it's like this we have to do social distancing we have to be quarantined in our homes it doesn't make it great it just it's like this this is what we need to do as responsible citizens because we cascade and ripple into each other and if this event has shown us anything it's like hey the world's a lot smaller than we realize and so until I had acceptance, until I stopped arguing with reality, there was no way I could take action. Mm. And then the action I decided to take was, you know, sort of playing off this lemonade theme is small sips, you know, make that lemonade last a little bit longer. Instead of gulping it all down, like, how am I going to get to September? Or how am I going to get to whenever this is supposed to end? Small sips. Like, how do I get to your philosophy, Brian? Like, how do I do a day? Yeah. How do I take a small sip? And then tomorrow I'm going to wake up, I'm going to take another small step. And then day by day, I'm going to find a way to get through this and build connection. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, the way that social distancing, sheltering in place, quarantine, like whatever form of isolation you happen to be in the midst of, the way it, it helps is by stopping. And I saw a graphic of this of like, one-to-one -one interaction with someone who's infected, how that spreads to like 100,000 people. And I don't share that to scare anyone. Actually, there's a way of looking at that positively. Now, like if we avoid that, fantastic, it's worked out. But the fact that you can move something through the population like that actually means we're incredibly connected. Put the virus aside, that two people connecting to each other can impact 100,000 people. And obviously then that keeps going. It does. I mean, Michael, you, you just hit on this. Like, we are completely interconnected, and we can look at this as a negative and and a fear-inducing thing, or recognize, yeah, we have to get through this. But maybe this just woke me up to the power of what we actually have from a connection standpoint. What we can achieve through that, either by avoiding it right now and protecting ourselves, or once we're able to connect, spreading the right kind of sentiment because it's going to if infect in a good way, you know, everyone around us and beyond. Well, Michael said uh, acceptance and you cannot change until you accept. Yeah. Just, it's just the way it is. Like you can't yeah. change anything to accept. This is the way it is. Like you can make pretend that it's not happening or you can make pretend that it's not going to be around here for a little bit. But already when you look back, I mean, this is history, right? Never ever in the history of our planet, history of sports, have they canceled March Madness? It's a billion dollar industry, right? They've canceled spring, kids are home from college. This is history. This is gonna be in the history books yeah. forever, right? And it took 30 days or so for this history to happen. And nobody was prepared for it. None of the humans that aren't in government or have an eye on to whatever was going on, we have no idea what was going on, like it just hit us. So it's that acceptance first. Like I accepted it, you know, after the first week or so, and you see where it is, like my brother lives in Italy. Mm. So he was here, had to get home, had to rush back before they closed everything down so he could be with his family and his kids. Oh. So I, I'm FaceTiming him and I can see what the streets are. Like I can see like everybody's in the house, like everybody's quarantined, et cetera. So the acceptance came immediately to me. I started immediately thinking, okay, well, I speak and I talk, you know, I talk to people, I have these conversations, I coach, et cetera, et cetera. You've been talking about doing stuff online so long. Now, now you have an opportunity to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so when you come out of this, because it's got, I mean, we've been through genocides, we've been through wars, we've been through, I mean, come on, we're going to, we're going to get through this for sure. Yeah. Right. But like on the other side of this, now there's all these different things that we are, we've put off. 
that we're working on that yeah. we're going to have more ammunition, right? Like as content creators, as people that inspire. Now that podcast you wanted to start, I talked to a guy today who was like, I'm writing my book. I'll be done in April. Yeah, right. Because he has the time now. He has all the time in the yeah. world. He didn't have the time before. He was on that hamster wheel. It was like he was going, 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 and now everything is stopped. Yeah. So I saw this graphic and it's been spread out everywhere. It's where it's allowed people to slow down, right? Like, cause you have to slow down. Someone's forcing you to slow down. My injury forced me to slow down. It forced me. I had like, there's nowhere I could go. I had a hard cast. I had to sit and evaluate, reevaluate who I was as a human being. Yeah. Right. And what my connections are like. So um, I look at it and it's like, it's tough because I really feel for the people that, you know, are on the street that have nothing the people that work in retail, people work right. in restaurants and that work off tips, that there's just no, there's no commerce. There's nothing happening right now. Yeah. I, I pray for those people every day that there's something that they can do where they can pivot and, and figure something out where they can make income if, or hopefully get some type of assistance so they can last through. I mean, I see right now, like where me and Michael are, they're talking about, you know, suspending, you know, mortgages and all that stuff for 120 days, et cetera, yeah. which would be a, a humongous help right? Uh, maybe giving people a thousand dollar stipend, whatever it is, yeah. right? Um, just to give assistance and help. And again, like that compassion, right? That's, ha that's happening. People, no yeah. one's arguing that, right? No one's arguing assistance. Like yeah. usually when that conversation comes up and everything is like, not like it is right now. Oh, well, we can't just give people money. Right. Entitlement and yeah. 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 So now you're starting to see your fellow man, your fellow woman, like you're, you, we see people like, let's help these people that might be on the streets right now, right? right. Like, like, let's help build them up. Yeah. Cornell, I want to, I want to hit on something you said a little bit ago, um, almost to challenge the idea, because if I look at both of your stories and I look at the potential opportunity that this uh, is about kind of recasting how we relate to each other, because let's be honest, going into this, the political climate, social climate globally, not just in the U.S., was is incredibly negative and poisonous and it's not stopping yet this to me is like well maybe maybe we can change that i i feel like we've needed a major event to shift the way things were going to steal your word michael looking at both of your stories neither of you got back to where you were and cornell that's what you said is getting back to where we were because you couldn't um and michael your your acceptance point like you couldn't you couldn't, you had to fight so hard to get back on your feet. Even when the doctors told you it ain't going to happen, you'll never use your leg again. You certainly won't bike, but for, you know, you're lucky to even have the thing. So stop it. Um, you had to fight to get help. Cornell, you know, your, your career dreams were dashed in an instant right before you were about to leave for Europe. I feel bad bringing you guys back to this, but I know you've, you've told your stories enough. Like, you're, yeah. um, everything was turned upside down. And you didn't, neither of you went back to where you were. Um, yeah, Michael, you're riding again, but your life's totally different. You're doing completely different work. You, and, and I think that's a piece of it is recognizing that what we had may never be again. Maybe that's not so bad. And my wife was just saying this, like she and my son went out and were throwing a baseball around yesterday, which they've literally never done in like a year and a half, you know, in the middle of the day, because the sun was out and why not? And like the little fake school that we put together for him, like we could break from that. And she was just like, this is different. You know, this is a, a chance and, and it's maybe that's what it is. And, and that's, so that's actually what sparked this episode was Claude shared something with me speaking to that. This is an opportunity, right? We can actually rewrite where we're heading and not just go back to the way things were. Yeah. So what do you guys think about that? Well, I love what Cornell shared about the pause button because I think this is a pause for Cornell, his injury, for me, my accident, and for us as a, as a planet, it's one big pause button. And I used to get mildly frustrated when people would ask me, to normal? Are you back to normal? Back to normal? And I'm like, I go, it's a new normal. Yeah. And so I think that's what we're going to, we, this is the opportunity that we have, and which I love this show, Bri, is that we get to create a new normal or a, a new existence and how we come together. You know, my girls are 19 and 22, and they used to sort of moan a little bit about, well, you know, you guys had like 9-11, that was this big moment, right? And then growing up too, I also had the ch Challenger, 
you know, and then that was a big moment, like moments where you're like, we're you knew we're exactly, all old enough for that. You're in good company. Yeah. yeah. So um, you, you knew exactly where you still remember exactly where you were when you heard the news. Yeah. And so this is this moment for their generation, for all of us living. And, you know, here's the, here's a really cool opportunity part of it. We'll get, we're going to get to December, 2020. We're going to do a year in review. We're going to reflect as we turn into 2021 and look back at this year. And certainly this is going to be newsworthy. This is going to be the focal point of the year. And we will get to share a narrative on this moment in terms of how we showed up together, how we showed up personally. And we get to shape that right now, Mm -hmm. but only if we're intentional about how we shape it. If, If we, if we choose to shape it in a, oh my God, you know, it's, it's over and we see disruption as purely negative or to Cornell's point earlier in a binary position negative, as opposed to disruption causes some pain, but it also causes a whole bunch of growth and it unveils opportunity mm-hmm. and to step into that and write a narrative that when we get to December, 2020, we can look back and say, you know what? That was one major challenge, one that we no one has ever experienced like this. And we rose to that challenge with grace and compassion and resilience and dignity. And hey, we did pretty good. And when we do it that way, then that what that does is it, and you know this, Brian, it gives us power to our story, to our self-narrative. So when the next challenge comes, because the next challenge will come that we're going to feel more confident that we can handle it. Yeah. Brian, you, you said something. You said we never got back to where we were. And I, I can't speak for Michael, but I can, I can tell by what his career path is right now. I think for both of us, we got past where we were. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, totally. I mean, thank God I didn't end up playing professional basketball. I wouldn't have my family. I wouldn't have what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have found my purpose. Yeah. Thank God I didn't go where I was because if I was where I was, I wouldn't have any of the things. I wouldn't meet you guys. Like there'd be so much of my life that would be missing right now if I was just a basketball player. Yeah. So, we would have never met Claude. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah. No Claude. Unless she's into European basketball. She yeah. might be. <laughs> she's, yeah. She's and, uh, cor- cor- uh, corporate executive types, you know. Like, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> no, but that's yeah. That's a really, that's a really good point. I always, I always bring this up. Like, uh, someone asked me, I, I went to one business school that wasn't my first choice initially. Poor me, because um, I didn't get into my first choice, which is good because I wasn't a fit for it. Um, and they agreed, but but people were like, "Oh, do you regret that you didn't get in there?" And I like turned to my wife, who I met while I was there, and I turned to my son. It's like, why would I? Like, you can't. No matter what your history is, if you value anything in your current life, you can't separate the two. So as soon as you yeah. start, oh yeah, I wish that didn't happen. I wish I didn't do that. Is then you you are devaluing the things that you claim matter to you. Yeah, butterfly effect, right? Totally butterfly yeah. effect. Something is going to be affected. If I went to Europe, something would be affected. And I will tell you right now, my family would not be here. Mm-hmm. And me and you talked about our kids like after the first ten minutes that I met you at that TED talk. I know how important your child is to you. You know how important my children are to me. I know how important Michael's children are to him. There's nothing I would trade, yeah. right? Nothing. My life, anything. There's nothing I would trade. Yeah. So when I think about where I was and my, my whole identity was wrapped up into a sport. I didn't even know who I was. I had no freaking clue who I was. Yeah. And that was the first thing I was known for was Cornell, the basketball player. When you take that, then that's the problem right now. It's like people are, their identity is, well, I'm, I'm Pete Smith, the speaker, or I'm, so-and-so the accountant it's like now it's getting taken away from you and you're just your name yeah like who are you now so that's that's scary when you've got to dive into this haunted house up here sometimes and figure out well like who am i without my title yeah who has a title now a lot of people's titles are gone yeah so now you have to figure out who you are and that's a scary thing yeah i love i I love that now to your point of like regrets brian is like i you know, this is not a clothing company of like no regrets. It's like, for me, it's a like, really no regrets because every different event that I've had has led me to this moment in time. Like, so you've mentioned earlier, like, uh, am I bringing you guys back to your stories? And I, I sort of love going back because every single scar on my body 
is part of my story. Now, yeah. you know this about me that there was a time where I was very self-conscious of my scars and I thought everyone was staring, but the reality is no one was really scared, staring. It was all in my head, but gotten to a point where, especially when my youngest daughter shared with me, like when she was several years ago, she was looking at my scars. She's like, dad, I think your scars are cool. I was like, <laughs> all right, that's, that's like, one, that was like one of the coolest things she's ever said to me. Awesome. Um, you know, and cause we, we, and we survived the teenage years and all that jazz. And she's, you know, she's a great human being. And for me though, it gave me permission to also love those. And so every, yeah. every gray hair, every hair that I've lost, every wrinkle, every scar is, part of our stories it's part of our identity that cornell just mentioned yeah and that is so much more valuable than the title that we have and because that's that's the that's the juice that's the real stuff yeah and as we get closer to that and accepting all that sort of the sort of in the spirit of uh kintsugi pottery like it's broken but better yeah and and i think it, it becomes really powerful and i think that's that's what we have in front of us right now to sort of step into that and truly accept ourselves. So when we accept ourselves, then we're, we have more power to connect with other people. Yeah. That's really well said. There's, there's a number of things that are changing right here, right now as just little like green shoots and they're not helping everyone yet, but they are shifts in things we were stuck in as a society. So for example, every company who was not okay with work from home, who was not okay with flexible schedules, who looked down on people who needed to be there to pick up their kid or for whatever, oh, your kid's sick again, or guess what? They've all had to figure out how the heck do you do remote working if that's the kind of work that you're doing? And not everyone can. Like my Father-in-law, I've mentioned this before on the show, he, he fixes heating systems. Like you can't do that through Zoom. Um, but, you know, in every other profession where there's some remote aspect of it, they're figuring out how to do that or to not make people come in before going to the job site. You know, there are solutions that are going into place that will make flexibility around how we work more normal because people had to figure it out. Telemedicine in the state of Massachusetts um, the insurance companies will not pay for telemedicine historically. Other states allow for that. They don't hear. Granted, like if you're a cardiac surgery patient, again, like you can't do that through Skype. Mm-hmm. You got to go in and, and, you know, have the surgery or have the stent or whatever it is. But what about therapy? And how many people don't go for therapy, even though they desperately need it? You know, suicide is, is a really critical topic lately, and I'm thankful for the way the stigma is starting to be reduced, but the access to help is not necessarily coming up in sync with that. And people's schedules, their access to care, cost, all these things come in. Telemedicine is one way to start to deal with that, and especially if the insurance companies allow for it. So there are some little shoots to me that like, Okay, that's a change in mindset that people who were hesitant before are forced to think about now. Even just solving for hourly workers who can't work. I don't know what the answer is going to be there, but we also can't have a country that runs on the backs of these people's hard work and care for us that allows them to starve to death and lose their homes. We have to have some sort of solution for this. So there are a number of things that this is going to be difficult and it may force us to solve for things that we as a society maybe got spoiled out of having to solve for or some of the power structures kept us from solving for. So that's some of the stuff that I see like front and center that could get better. Yeah, we we have to be more creative. And that's one thing that I think we lose as we come through schooling is that we lose that creativity Mm. and we kind of like learn how to just work for people, right? And we we forget the fact that when we're young and we're in kindergarten and we draw a blue duck and our kindergarten teacher goes, well, ducks are yellow, Jonathan. Yeah. And you're like, well, I wanna draw a blue duck. And they make you draw a yellow duck. And the next thing you know, Jonathan's not creative anymore and he's doing what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Now people are like, oh, wait a second. If I don't, businesses are like, if I don't think outside the box, if I'm not creative, I won't have a business at the end of this. Yeah. Right. So it's the empathy part where you're starting to realize that mom that had to go and rush home and pick her kids up from school, how important that is. And it's also now we have to use our creativity. So Michael and yourself and I like to think me and like people like Claude, 
we're, we're very creative. We don't really run out of content ever yeah. because it's what we're doing. Like this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. So content just comes. So it's a lot easier for us, but the people that are kind of stuck in their ways, you see this awakening where it's like, Oh no, man, like there has to be some contingency program here where I have to like change something. And Michael said it before the next thing that happens, cause there's going to, not to be sound morbid, but there will be a next thing. It's just the way the work, earth works. It's, it's called life. Yeah. Well, it's called life. Well, yeah. now we'll have things in play. So when it does happen, we'll already have a system behind it. Where we're like, okay, we've been through this. We have a system behind it. So now if people have to come home from work or losing their jobs, we're ready. Now we can yeah. take action instead of having this like two months where we're in flux. Like, what do we do? Yeah. I do hope people recognize um, on the back of this, it's like training for something. You come through it stronger. And sometimes people give themselves credit for that. Well, I live through that so I can get through this. And sometimes they don't see it. And so that, you know, the thing that certainly I realized and, and I try to remind people is the fact that you are standing right now means that you have come through every single challenge, including all the ones that I'm sure you've had these are, I'll never get through this. How am I going to get through this? I can't, you know, yet you're still here. Have you ever stopped to think like, yeah, maybe I'm more capable than I thought I was. Yeah. We don't recognize our victories. Yeah. Because we think that, you know, oh, well, you know, I just got through it. You know, I yeah. talked to my mom, you know, I interviewed my mom a couple of years ago. And one of the first things I asked her is like, mom, how did you get five kids with no money through all the stuff that we had to go through? Yeah. And she goes, oh, it's no big deal. And I'm like, <laughs> no. Like three jobs, now. Yeah, three jobs, yeah. five kids. I was like, it's a humongous deal. Yeah. Like the less than 1% would probably do. Yeah. But it's like some of, we don't realize like if you've been through something before, you can go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's just that should either build your shield, like make your armor stronger yeah. or crack it, right? Like when you go, oh my God, another thing. Oh my God, another yeah. thing. You know, you're a runner. So like, there's been times where you're on, you know, mile 15 or whatever it is. And your mind is like, Oh, we're done, bro. Stop. Yeah. But you know that you've done this run before. Yeah. So you know, your body's not going to like, you know, that, like you're going to get through this, this lapse yeah. and you're going to be fine. Right. Well, Hey, just, the flip side, I'm not running right now. Cause I'm injured. Yeah. I have been injured before and I've come back and that's why I'm not like, you know, don't get me wrong. Initially it's like, Oh, not again. Yeah. It's my it's my fourth meniscal tear. I've had wow. three operations for it. I'm not having it for this one. I'm going to recover and I will be fine. But that that is a very conscious thought process to realize, like, listen, this is just where I am now. I got the whole rest of my life. I will run again. And now I got this jazzy mohawk. <laughs> you know, it makes me more aerodynamic. Um, yeah, Michael, sorry, you, you you look like you want to jump in. No, I think I think one of the great questions we can ask of each other is hey. Share a time where you went through a big challenge. How'd you get through it? Uh, to, to Cornell's point, like we tend to forget about these moments. So as as we're showing up in support virtually with each other, we can ask that question. Like, tell me about a time. Let's share some experiences where we had, like we were facing an uphill climb and we got through it. Like what happened? Mm. And what can we use from those moments today? And I think to your also to your earlier point, Brian, is, you know, as we think about how this is going to impact people, this is certainly going to impact folks in a disproportional way. And one of the things that I think is going to happen is that the divide that we have, like uh, from a social economic perspective, there's every opportunity for this to make the divide even greater because it's going to impact, you know, those that work in restaurants and service and uh, barely minimum wage and those folks that, you know, help you out at your house or what have you, um, is that we can have hopefully a societal conversation around the need for personal accountability as well as like community accountability. Like, like we, we need both. Yeah. Like we, we need to be able to support each other and maybe this just shines a different light on a problem that we've, we've been facing for a number of years now. Yeah. But maybe it's just a, a different type of perspective that changes the dialogue. So it's a better conversation. So we can say, hey, you know what? We all have a responsibility of showing up with the right muscle, the right mindset, but we also have a responsibility to each other because how I show up ripples into you 
and ripples into someone else to the point that you made earlier. I think that's that's what I hope we can have. We, we may not be able to have it until after the election, whatever happens with the election. Yeah. But as we flip into 2021, maybe this is, this is the seed that's planted today so we can have that conversation tomorrow. Yeah. Because I want to I want to start to wrap things up. Um, well, actually, that's not true. I don't want to, um, but I'm pretty sure we would just go for another three hours, um, which maybe is okay. That'd be pretty um, cool. That yeah. I'm, but then we should be I'm live casting. Anywhere, man. Well, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, we're here. So. We're here. We're you might here. as well just yeah. drive up at this point. So, yeah. So just we can spend the whole night together. All right. Yeah. Well, All right. So for hour two, what I want no. Um, yeah, I just I want to go around and just just hear some you know thoughts, uh, some wisdom, some inspiration, some compassion um, that maybe you guys would leave people with as they think about how they continue to do a day. Yeah. Just to plug my book so Michael doesn't have to do it again. Yeah, um, I would I would just say really two things. One, if the phrase "everything happens for a reason" is sometimes not visible to us right away. It takes time. Right. Like, uh, you know, I and I share this on your show. Yeah. I never knew as a young man growing up why I didn't have a father. And it's one of the it was the, one of the hardest pains for me, like to see my my uh, my friends, you know, play with their fathers and their fathers come pick them up and be at, at their games. And I never knew why until I had my son. Yeah, never. I mean, this is 30 years. This is three decades of not knowing why I didn't have a dad. And when I held my son for the first time, you know, on June 4th at 428 AM, 2013, I realized like there, it was for that reason. Like I will never, ever, ever like take any job as seriously as my job as a dad. Yeah. And there was so much love and it's like, I couldn't believe it took me that long to figure out the reason. Yeah. But I knew it when I held my son. Like I knew it. I was like, I'm gonna be in this kid's life every second I can be in his life, you know, for the rest of for the rest of my life. I'm gonna give him everything I got. And I'm gonna start this cycle of when he has his son or daughter and they have their sons or daughters, like we're gonna just always show up for each other. When I say it now, but not in my throat. Yeah. Because it's like I feel like I feel it in my chest when I say this. So what I would say to you do with theirs is man, what you're looking at right now, it might, like Michael saying, it might be like such a bad moment. It might seem like bad days and you don't know like why this is happening. And sometimes you might not know until you're down the road, two years down the road, five years down the road, whatever, but understand that everything is for a reason. And if you yeah. follow our history back, that bodes true to everything. There's a reason all these things happen and you just have to have faith and understand that us as human beings, we are going to get through it. We are going to fight through it. This is just what we do, right? We, we survive. So just keep that in your mind. You have breath in your body. You can change your situation. Like over and over again, if that's the only mantra you say when you wake up, I got breath in my body. I can change my situation. Yeah. And just, you know, love one another. Like me, meeting Michael for the first time, one, I feel like I'm meeting my like long lost brother from another mother, right? You guys do and look really similar. Yeah. I we mean, do. we, we are like, we get, it's you know, just the glasses. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> people, people are going to confuse us. Yeah. And that, it's going to be, it's all hundred percent. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be really mad. People are going to come to me on the street. Like, Oh, Michael O'Brien. Like, no, no, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just um, say yes. Yeah. But Brian, the way we met, you know, at the TED, at the TEDx talk. And you know, when I met Aaron as well, with yeah. you, it's like, I knew when we talked like, okay, this is, there's a reason I did this TEDx talk. And I told you the whole entire story behind. I was in the hospital the day before. It's, yeah, it's crazy. So it's like, I just, I really, I firmly, I'm a believer in it. And I, and I know sometimes it's hard to hear because it's, things are going so bad sometimes for people. Yeah. Just give it some time. Keep having faith, believing in it. And it's going to turn around. That's really beautiful. I mean, Cornell going um, from the, the genesis around your father, losing him. I, I don't remember if, if you had memories of him or not, or if it was it's when you were too young. Yeah. So, um, to go from that beginning with the idea of fatherhood to that moment, holding your son. And it's like, even, even something as painful and, you know, that people look at say it's wrong that you were robbed of your father and, you know, and it is, 
But then there's this moment later where it's like, it doesn't mean the pain wasn't real. It doesn't mean the journey and the struggle are invalid and, and it didn't hurt. But I have this appreciation now and it all, it all comes together. Um, again, that's where it's like, look, we all go through stuff. And it's very easy to think this is something you can't come back from, but look around. There's stories like that everywhere, and yet people are standing and thriving despite that and growing from it. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the three of us all have specific dates and times emblazoned in our memory from when our, that first hold of our child. Um, so that's awesome. Thank you for that. Thanks, brother. Michael, Lemonade. Lemonade. So what Cornell mentioned, I think the breath is so key, right? It's the one thing, regardless of how much money we have, we all have our breath. So I'll give you three. The breath is number one, because everything I know, I learned through Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> and uh, they told me the three is the magic number. So I'm going to give you three, Brian. So one is when, when you feel the stress percolating, when you feel the anxiety there, just reconnect with your breath as a beautiful way of slowing everything down. The second one is something I learned through my recovery through a mentor. He told me, Hey, Michael, every, all the events in your life are neutral until you label them. You get to choose the labels. And at first, you know, and we talked, I think we talked about this in the show is at first I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. Cause I was in the hospital. I was laid up. I was all bandaged up. And I thought it was a Jedi mind trick. And he was like, <laughs> what, what, you know, I was like, I was like, and I said something that I won't say on the show. Shucks. And yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, golly, you know, oh, snap. Um, <laughs> and, and he said, well, nothing has meaning until you give it meaning. And so we have a moment right now. And actually all the listeners, all their moments, all of our moments, the three of us, they're neutral until we label them. We're just so quick to label them as to what Cornell mentioned at the beginning of the show, like it's binary, like it's good or bad or right or wrong. And when we start things there, we can't have conversation. We can't have conversation with ourselves, which is, it becomes so structured and rigid. So having some neutrality in our lives as we approach this moment going forward is key. And then the third thing, and this was key to my recovery, because at first, all I saw was everything I lost, everything I couldn't do anymore, everything I didn't have. And then through gratitude, I could see what I still had, what I still could do. And that gratitude practice really helped me end my day with a note of, okay, there's some really positive things in my life. Some of them were really small, some were pretty big, that I can use to build into tomorrow. And even we can even be grateful for our challenges because we know this, we sort of talked about this, that our challenges can help us grow the most. So, and I write about this, it's in my both books, just the power of gratitude and simple gratitude practices in this moment in time. Because right now, if we watch the news and we see everything that's happening, it's so easy to get hung up on all the bad, right? Yeah. The news isn't filled with many good stories. It doesn't, it doesn't sell. Like good news doesn't sell like bad news does. So this is part of our own personal responsibility to say, okay, if if I'm not going to get it from outside sources, although by listening to your show, they'll get a whole bunch of it. But we also have like our daily responsibility of seeing some of the goodness in the world. Mm. Uh, even though it's small, even if it's just ordinary, just like someone allowed me to merge into traffic or someone held the door open for me. Yeah. Like those little things, they seem so small and minor, but they can be so valuable as as a building block into something bigger. Mm. Yeah, just label it that way. That's our choice. Yeah. That's a that's ultimately we we still have more choice than we realize. We yeah. always have our breath. And you know, we can look at things any way we want to. Yeah. No one's telling us how to look at things that's a that's a choice we get to make yeah i just had a coaching call with someone who was relating a story of someone saying something incredibly offensive and judgmental to them and that's how they labeled it in the first instance and they ruminated on it and they were fuming and getting angrier and angrier and then they actually felt totally freed by it when they stopped fighting it and realized like put the offensive words aside 
what that person just did is freed me from having to care about this situation that I was winding myself up in. And that's what the comment led to was, was coming from was their involvement in a situation that they didn't have to be involved in. Mm. And it, it still hurt them. The comments still hurt, but they were like, now I can just let go of this. I need to stop trying. That's not my problem. I'm going to walk away because mm. obviously it's not appreciated. So mm-hmm. you look at it and you're saying, well, that was offensive. That was mean. That hurt me. Yes. And the flip side is that just freed me from something that was taking me down and hurting me and burdensome and hard that I don't want to be a part of. And if that's what it took for me to realize that so I could be free, then let me look at that comment a different way, which is a really, it's not an easy thing to do, but nothing is easy if you insist on sticking to that first negative label, right? This is ultimately still a choice. And, and the two of you and your stories are perfect examples of that. Because you all did not go through anything easy. And you still see the lessons and the growth and you have such gratitude for the journeys you've been on. Um, you, I mean, you guys are some of the, the people who I've asked, you know, would you, would you change it? Would you wish that it didn't happen? And neither of you said no. And it doesn't mean that you enjoyed the pain or you wish that upon anyone. It's not saying that. But it's also recognizing, like we said before, you wouldn't have what you have today including all the possibility that's still in front of you if you didn't have what you had before, good and bad, or whatever labels you've chosen to put on them. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, I'm, just, I'm just writing, like, what Michael said about the labels and, you know, you choose a label and what you're saying right now. Like, I'm just writing, like, little notes. Um, man, I just absolutely love it. Like, I, like I love it. It's, it's so true. Like, the things that you guys are saying, it, it rings so true. And hopefully the dual dayers understand that we're three human beings having a conversation. Yeah. Right. It's not about who you vote for. It's not about what hue you are. It's not about it. It's just three human beings that are having a conversation and trying to give something positive back. Everybody can get, do their, like letting someone merge onto traffic, you know, helping your next, whatever it is, everybody can do their positive piece that starts to ripple and kind of starts to change some things. It doesn't have to be something as dramatic and drastic as like, I'm going to go change the world by myself. But we can all do that little thing to make everybody's human experience better today and tomorrow and the next day. And I'm, and I'm seeing, you don't see it on the news because it doesn't sell, but I'm seeing it in everyday life. I'm seeing people really step up for each other. And that's the beauty of like some of the things that happen, these tragedies that happen. Like I remember the challenger, I remember being a young man and I remember like, you know, being home. I stayed home from school that day. And I remember the collective gasp, right? Like where everybody was just like, we all went through it at the same time, right? There wasn't one person that was talking about, you voted for this person, you voted for that person, you're a black person, you're a white person, you're whatever. We were all felt for those people in that ship, right? Yeah. So it's like, I think this is something we're going to look back where hopefully it bonds us tighter together and doesn't break us apart. Yeah. Yeah, beautifully said. I think I'm going to... I'm going to use that as a powerful closing point. So Cornell, you got, you got the first word, you get the last word. I can always record something later and, and dub it <laughs> in after the fact, but I think that's, um, that's an amazing place to stop. The, guys, it means so much to me that um, you took time out of figuring out your own lives, having your family around, you know, trying to, to communicate with the people in the communities that you've built to come back here and share your thoughts with me. I, I've gotten a lot out of the conversation. I know the people listening have. I think you guys have too from how this is going and, and the, so, yeah. the nodding. Yeah, this is, um, this is exactly what I was hoping it would be. So thank you so much for giving of yourselves, your story, your inspiration, just the thoughts that you're feeling in this moment because it's really powerful stuff. Yeah, and I'm going to look up Michael and Michael, we got we to gotta hang out. So we got to uh, do a, a virtual coffee or for sure, um, you know, or something now like we'll definitely connect in person when we can, but for sure. No, Brian, I definitely, thanks for having us on. Like yeah. I, I certainly hope the do a day has got a lot out of it. I, I would say like, this has like been one like awesome sauce hour for me. Like it's been great. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's what we all can do. Right. So yeah. the three of us are, recording this but we can have these conversations all the time everyone can if they have a podcast or not say hey like how are we dealing with all this and really listen to connect with one another and and know that as we mentioned earlier this too shall pass and we will we will get past this 
And if we choose to be, we will be stronger because of it. Yeah. Brian, you're a hub, man. Like we love you. So that's why Thank you. It's, it's nothing to get on the phone, you know, get on a Zoom, get on a Skype, get on a whatever and support what you do. You know, we love what you do. And it's like you bring people together, you're a super connector, and it's just you. who you are. So just want to throw it back on you real quick. There's a reason that people will jump on uh, on a Thursday, regardless of what's going on <laughs> world, to, to help to help out. So that's thank you on you. Someone someone called me Kevin Bacon, you know, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon the other yeah. day. And then someone's like, no, no, he's vegan. You can't. So now I'm in a small circle. I'm Kevin Soy Bacon. <laughs> you, you have better books than Kevin Bacon. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And um, and I think you have better dancing skills, you know, because of the yeah, life, you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. Footloose. Um, <laughs> the footloose days. So... You got a better haircut now. I, cer- I certainly do right now, but Rocking generally. the mohawk. Yeah. 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 So people who can't see the mohawk is for levity right now. My son and I did mohawks because why not? We're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, my wife freaked out for a second and then she's like, actually. So who knows? Maybe they'll stick around. Um, yeah. I've, yeah. I've decided to do the power alleys. There you go. <laughs> I think I think next is going to be the bozo look, which is just going to happen anyway because of the balming. But um, yes. So here's here's the toughest question of the day as we close things up. Do you guys remember how I closed the show? We didn't talk about this. No, I, usually, I, I usually cut Draw this part in. out, but I think I think it's just funny. Yeah. So we just leave that in. I want to see what happens if I try to get the two of you to say it at the same time. Who wins? Who, who's anyway? Um, you ready to do it? All right. Yeah. I'm ready. yeah. All right. Today's a new day. Go out and do it. Go out and do it. Oh, that wasn't coordinated at all. <laughs> Epic failure. Oh, that's okay, but that's okay. It's good fun, it, it, though. We'll recover from this, too. Spirit. Yeah. We will. Like, you know what? The second chance, the second time is always, it's always better. No, we're going we're gonna to leave it there and just have it be what it is. I love that's it. okay. Oh. Guys, thank you so much for joining. It really all means right. the world to me. I'll talk to you guys. Thanks, Brian. All right, be well. Wow. Michael says awesome sauce. That's his phrase. And that's all I can think of right now is that was exactly what I was hoping it would be. Just a really genuine conversation with two people who have absolutely experienced the loss of that whole everything they knew, right? Their lives were stopped in an instant and somehow they found the path forward and not back, right? Forward, not back. It's to create something new something better by latching on to the positive points by seeing the opportunity by recognizing the power we all have in the choices we get to make michael said it it's like that framing we put on everything positive negative good bad we do it in an instant and we always have the power to rethink and see things differently Super, super inspiring people. Again, if you haven't listened to their original episodes, I've linked to them in the show notes. You can get them really easily through any of the the history in uh, iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Or if you go to doadaypodcast.com, just search for Cornell or search for O'Brien, or Michael O'Brien, and you will find both of them. It's episode 41 and 62. And they're awesome. Um, I am so thankful to the two of them. I'm thankful to Claude because she was there with us in the planning for this and put a lot into this and just inspiring the idea. And I'm sorry she couldn't join us. I'm sorry, mostly for us and for all of you. Um, Claude has more than enough on her plate and she's doing a fantastic job standing by people right now. Um, and I know she's getting to give back and give of her heart. So I'm sure she is feeling fulfilled. Um, but we missed her and you should go back and listen to her episode too, just to hear the kind of person she is. And you should follow her as well because she's loaded with inspiration and she puts it out pretty frequently. So you can take that in despite not getting to hear her here today. Um, I have linked to Cornell and Michael's social media and websites and all that. Cornell's got his next book coming out and Michael's got his books out. They're all incredible. Um, worth reading absolutely uh lots of inspiration i know with michael's there's a couple moments where i was pretty pretty choked up um just going through his story and um 
It's beautiful. They're just beautiful people. So please do take that in. Go to the show notes. Check out their links for Michael O'Brien and his Peloton community. Uh, for Cornell Thomas, his Positivity Summits, which I'm sure I'm positive we'll get back on when we can get back out there. And check them out. Follow them. Stay inspired by them. Cornell puts out these things he calls Cornellisms, which he's also packaged up into a book so you can take up his inspiration. And yeah, Michael was so kind to mention my books. This is a time for do a day. That's why I keep putting out this show. I've changed the price on do a day to 99 cents again on Kindle, which it has not been that price since it was initially released just over three years ago. And the reason is because I want to make sure everybody can get their hands on it to take in the inspiration because I know people need it right now. We need to let go of the longing and the pain, the things we miss from yesterday. And we need to not cower in the face of the what ifs of tomorrow because we don't know what they are, what will happen, what won't happen. If we can focus on right now, that's where we get to exercise those choices that Michael and Cornell were talking about. So I hope if you haven't read the book, you will spare the 99 cents and take the content in because I promise it can help right now. And remember, before we go, the Do A Day course is available now through the end of June for just $47 with that coupon code EPISODE100. Go to brianfalchuk.com slash courses, enter episode 100 during checkout. All right, everyone, thank you so much for joining me. It was an honor to not just bring this episode to you, but the 99 that came before it, and I will continue to bring them out. I actually have like another 20 already recorded. Um, that's one of the ways that I am making use of this time. I'm connecting with incredible people and banging out recordings of episodes for the show. So we will keep this thing coming. If you're loving what you hear, please do subscribe and rate the show and share it with a friend. It means everything to me. Having that impact, getting to share my message and the message of the people that I've been lucky enough to connect to is a gift. And I'm really thankful to get to do that. And it's one of the ways we can all connect in this current situation we face. So thank you for joining me for episode 100, for standing by the show. I hope you've been enjoying it. There is more to come because we will all continue to go out and do it. Thanks, everybody.